boys and girls of all ages. I just love the mic. Wow. Um, we have an incredibly awesome special treat for you guys this morning. Um, all the way from Tanzania and parts of California. But uh, before we go there, I want to give a few announcements. I want to say welcome to the vineyard. If this is your first time here, um, you'll notice there's a few seats that are empty. <laughs> a lot of people are out for the last hurrah. School starts Monday for a lot of students, and a lot of people are out camping and doing again the last hurrah. Some of them are homesick. We definitely need to keep these people in prayer. But a few things I want to share with you. We have to my left, your right, we have soaking chairs, which we invite you if you just want someone to pray over you and not engage with you verbally, just pray for you. That's the place. If you want to just hear something from the Lord, get comforted, whatever that is. Over here to your left, my right, is the healing chairs where you actually engage with people. They'll ask you what they can pray for. And it's an awesome moment. We've seen a lot of incredible healings come out of those chairs. Amen. Uh, I apologize for no video. April wasn't able to. She had a lot going on this weekend, getting ready for school. It's just been a mad dash. But uh, let's see. Coming September 10th, 11th, and 12th, the Mickey Robinson Conference. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be big. And it's three days and a couple nights and Sunday morning. It'll, uh, he'll also be speaking. You can go to the website, uh, uh, vineyardgrapevine.com, and you can check it out. There's a little intro and a video that explains a lot of that. So, um, Up front, we have baskets for tithes and offerings. Most of you know that. Today, we start picking up the chairs because school starts. So Linda asked me to ask you guys to help like you normally do. You guys are very generous and very helpful. What, because of all the COVID mitigation and stuff, we have to quickly spray them and then we'll stack them. So they will not spray you in the face, I hope. So, and make sure you're out of the seat before they spray, and I think you'll be fine. So, um, Something uh, also, too, Monday nights is intercessory prayer. Now, we're back to having it here and at the park. Uh, Bob and uh, uh, Barb Friedel have graciously stepped up and said they'll cover Monday night here. So intercessory prayer will be happening here, but we've been meeting in the park, and it's been absolutely amazing. We've actually been laying hands on people and praying for the sick and have made contact with some people that really genuinely need help, and that's been awesome. So you have your choice. You can come here if you want for intercessory prayer, or you can meet us in the park. Both times are 7 o'clock, Monday night. The other thing I want to address really quickly, and that is this. I do not want to see us as a family get divided over all the COVID issues that are going on. Breaks my heart. Whether you wear a mask or not, whether you're vaccinated or not, man, God bless you. But let's not have those arguments and discussions inside the walls of this building. Let's honor people where you're at, what their convictions are, and let's support them. You know, people are asking about Ernie and What's going on? Ernie, we had a great talk. He made the choices to walk on the path that he walks on, and he's confident that whatever happens, he will be home with Jesus, whether it's now or years from now. And you know what? I'm okay with that, and you should be too. 
So I really, let's just be careful what we say and who we say it to. We all have opinions, but not inside here. Not, not on the day we come together to worship and encourage and support one another. Amen? Amen? Is that enough said? Okay. Well, it is my privilege and my honor to introduce to you Ryan, where's Stacy? Oh, she's right here. And Stacy. Now, I never did get your last name correct. Helbling. Now, they are great friends of Linda and Harold Eberly. Come highly recommended. They come all the way from Tanzania and parts of California. And we met with them last night, and they're wonderful and amazing. And they're going to have the whole surface, surface, whole surface of the church today. The entire service is theirs. And I'm excited because they bring the joy of the Lord. And that's what we've been sharing. Hope, let's get it back. The joy of the Lord, that's our strength. And these people bring it. You ready? Come on up, guys. Woo! Let's give them a warm welcome. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Come on up. Yeah. While they're getting ready, Deanne had a, had a word of knowledge. Okay? Hi. I'll be over at the prayer chairs. If you have pain right here on your left side, like right up the bone, really bad pain, or either leg. If you have pain in your legs, yeah, I guess a shin. And also, I always want to say this, if anyone has allergies, get prayer for them if you don't want them. So there it is. There's your opportunity. long-term in any nation, 
education is the way to do it. Uh, because you are, you are sowing into the next generation who will become the next leaders. You know, when all us old people are gone, they will be the ones that are, they will be the church. They will be the government. They will be everything, you know. So anyways, um, we are just so excited to be here. Uh, we've been on the road for five months. We started in California. Our, our home is California. My wife's uh, home is Sonora, California, which is two hours east of San Francisco. So we know what small town in the mountains looks like. And um, we have fires there, too, going on. Um, and so uh, that's our kind of our home base when we come home is Sonora. My parents are uh, down in Southern California in um, a place in the riverside called Moreno Valley. I don't know if you ever know, heard that. And uh, my parents are helping my sister and her husband uh, serve in a church called the Blessing Center there. So when we come home, we visit family. Um, but we, most of the time, we're in Tanzania most of the year. Um, so we've been on this road trip. We started in California um, and started across the southern states where it was warmer and went all the way across to Florida, all the way up the east coast, and all the way back in the northern states. Uh, we've hit 32 of the 50 states. So we'll have to do another tour and include Hawaii and Alaska. I'm going to say hallelujah. Yeah. Um, but we're just excited to be with you. Um, beyond the music, um, as I shared a little bit, we, we produced an album that's um, full of scriptures, just, just scriptures turned into music. And I believe the best way to get the word of God into children's and actually adults' minds is through, is through songs. It's very powerful. And so um, whether the songs minister to you or not, the truth of, of the words of what we say will not return void because it is the word of God. So you will be touched. You will be encouraged. You will leave this place infected with hope and joy this morning. Amen? And we need hope because whoever has most hope has the most influence. And we need our light to shine and be influential in these dark seasons where people, they need answers and they need um, solutions and they need to know that Jesus is the king and he's the Lord and the Savior and he's a good God. Amen? So we're going to stand up. Uh, please with us. We're going to sing a song. Uh, this is by a band called Rims Collective. They're from Ireland. Some of you may not know that. But um, this song says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's true. There's, there's nothing else you can, you can say about it. It is really, really true. And uh, if you don't understand joy, it, that joy is not an emotion that you, that you get when things around you are going your way. Joy comes from a deep, deep sense of what you believe. If you're believing truth, it wells up within you and it comes out of you. When you believe God is good, you believe his promises, you believe he's faithful, Joy is a natural response that comes out of that. It's not a feeling. It's, it's much deeper than that. So let's just uh, let's just get renewed in our strength and our faith, and that joy would strengthen us today. All right.
the clan of the Haldane tribe. And um, as we've been going around traveling, uh, each state we've been to, to, we ask God for a word for that state. And so, um, you know, we don't, we haven't been able to spend time in a lot of different, oh, you guys can have seats, sorry about that. Oh, you can stand and jump while I'm talking, it doesn't bother me. We used to, actually, we used to chickens running around and just lots of stuff, so. Um, so we've just uh, been on this, on this road trip just, just celebrating God's goodness, um, learning, teaching the kids about the history of this great nation, seeing beautiful people, hardworking, working, good Americans that are just, you know, they're just doing what they can to, to go to the next uh, level and season in their lives. And there's a lot of resistance against that, but we serve a good God and we serve a God that gives us a good hope and a future. Even if your, your, your circumstances presently aren't looking so great, God has something so special and so amazing for us. So as we've been traveling, we've just been asking God for his heart for each state that we go into. So um, as we came into Oregon, the word that I, the picture that I saw um, for Oregon was, I, I saw this, I saw a picture of this giant zipper just zipping things up. And I was like, okay, Lord, what does this mean? I really feel like um, the atmosphere, the environment, in the spiritual realm, in some places um, in this beautiful state, there's a coldness. There's a darkness. There's a, uh, it's, it's just a kind of cold was the thing. And this zipper was just the, the loving heart of God just zipping up and just insulating and bringing his warmth, bringing his loving, gentle touch um, and protection. And so I feel like this is a season where God is saying, I'm just going to gather you, Oregon, people of Oregon, into my arms. I'm going to zip you close. And you're going to feel my heart, you're going to feel my warmth, and you're going to feel my love. And you're going to know that I'm a good father. I like you guys. <laughs> All right. You're awesome. Um, my name is Stacy, and um, I'm the one that keeps this whole, I'm the groomer that holds this tent together. <laughs> I might not be up here singing, but... There's just a lot of details when there are six kids, and uh, most of them are extremely artistic, so they're like, okay, well, there were six kids. Uh, I just flew back from California, and my uh, first one just turned 19 on Friday, and uh, she's working in a coffee shop uh, back in California, so there was six on our tour, and now there's just five kids, but it's a lot of details, and these guys are artists. So, <laughs> I don't know if you are, have any artists in your life, but there's even more details than the artists. <laughs> so, um, we are excited to be here. Um, uh, you know what? I love kids. <laughs> Just wanted to let you guys know that. such thing as coincidences. If something random happens, I always feel like, what is God? I always ask, Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? This means God is always speaking to us if we have uh, eyes to see it and ears to hear. And so um, we followed your, did you say awesome pastors, by the way? You guys seem to let them know. <laughs> They're beautiful, beautiful people. 
a rock covered in moss that's surrounded by a sea, just of running water, of fresh water, cool water, and that all the fires that are going around it, the literal fires, the metaphorical fires, the spiritual fires, that we will be protected and harbored on this mossy rock. Psalm 25.5, NIV translation says it's a lot easier to write music in NIV, at least for me. Maybe one day I'll be good enough to write in Pastor Sanders.
love to smile, but it's really hard to smile on your face sometimes. I don't know. I, I want to I bring him out, but I can't. <laughs> Sorry, that's just like what's going through my head right now. Um, health is so powerful, so, so powerful. And if we um, will close our ears to the wrong voices that want to try to uh, just get us down and get us discouraged and just tune into God's heart and God's, um, he, it's like God has every solution for every situation. And, and, and what happens is we've lived in a nation where people, they give up. They just give up and they just kind of sit there. There's no purpose because there's no hope. And um, they, they've actually done studies. And if, if your brain can actually believe that there's a solution, it will keep looking for solutions. It will, it will, it's just the way that we've been wired. We have been wired to actually believe that there's, there's something that can, that can help with whatever we're facing. And God has created us this way. But it's, it's so much more powerful when we are born again and we have the Spirit of God leading us and guiding us. And, and as we're walking with His voice all day long, we carry this hope like this powerful weapon that just destroys darkness. And so I um, just want to encourage you guys um, that I think it was uh, Francis, Francis Benjamin said, if there's any area of your life where you are not glistening with hope, it means you, you are under the lie of the enemy. And so whether it's your finances or your relationships, your, your marriage or your children or your future, anywhere where you are not just like exploding in hope, it means you're believing a lie somewhere. And so I just, I just release Holy Spirit's um, voice that would just uh, reveal areas where you have believed lies and that God would replace those lies with truth and you would just be... Uh, bursting with hope in those areas, and um, let it just let it just come forth today. Why not today, right? So here we go. Um, which this is one of my favorite songs, and who's in, who's introducing it? Guys, here we go. I'm 13, 17, and my passion is Harley Race. And it says, "For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food or drink, but is in the realm of the Holy Spirit, filled with righteousness, peace, and joy." We have a request from a mother. If the kids want to come in the front, it's okay. And if any adults want to do childlike in their faith, they can come up front as well. This is not meant to be a concert. This is meant to be like we're family together and we're celebrating a really good God. So uh, please, please feel free. And um, we believe that God created all kinds of music and God wants to redeem them. So this one's a little jazzy. And, um, but we believe that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. There is freedom in the Holy Spirit. So we just are uh, wanting to redeem all the genres of music. So here we go.
quick story about the trombone. We, as I said, five minutes ago we started this trip. Uh, we're learning as we go. These, in, these instruments are not like things we've held in our hands for very long. Uh, Benjamin had uh, never played the bass in his life before this trip, so we're learning as we go. And on this trip, we were in New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans, not New Orleans, New Orleans. We were eating the Rory beignets. Have you had a beignet? Highly recommend it. It's like a donut with wrapped in sugar. It's really good. Kind of sugar. And we were at, we were in New Orleans, and there was this jazz, uh, free jazz concert in the in the um, outside area of the jazz museum. And this guy starts singing and playing his trombone, and she's like, I want to play that instrument. Whatever it is, I want to play that. Because um, he was actually really, really good at it. So we were telling our friends uh, a little bit farther along on the trip in, uh, up in Georgia about this experience. She really wants to learn the trombone. We're like, yeah, maybe someday we'll get a trombone. And they're like, we've got one in the garage. So they bring out a trombone, they give it to us. And it's kind of been like that. I think we got that snare drum, like, where was that? Up in Portland, yeah. We're just gathering instruments as we go. But she, um, she just picked it up, and um, I, just, I just feel like this is for someone here. There's something prophetic on just even her coming up and playing that because there's no fear and there's so much courage and she's only been playing this thing for a couple months. She's been practicing as we go on the trip. You know, we've been we've been camping in a truck and a trailer in pretty much anywhere we can they'll let us park, right? Walmart parking lots, Cracker Barrel parking lots are good, uh, pro uh, bass prop parking lots, and some also some really, really cool friends in different places. We're at a Awesome. What is it? Indian Mary? Is that where we're at? That's a beautiful place, guys. Yeah. And we felt your cold water, and that's awesome, too. <laughs> but she's literally, guys, just been practicing this instrument, and there's just such a, uh, there's some innocence in a uh, kind of like, I don't care what people think in a good way. And I just, um, as she, you know, plays that, you know, here, I just release that courage and that childlikeness just to step out and do things that God is telling you to do and not worry what people think. It's not, a, it's not a time where we need to worry about what people think of us. Um, we need to do things in love. And if, if we are walking in the spirit and we're in freedom, it will be a blessing to people. It will not be um, something that's offensive, but we need to be bold. Amen? Uh, next song, I think Mom needs to introduce. Mother, we need you. Uh, she'll just share a little bit about um, what we do in Tanzania.
visit our elders here to our house, and uh, we had a big lawn and house. Well, that really makes it difficult to communicate. <laughs> Walls are usually not a good thing <laughs> when it comes to communion. So we were lonely. We were trying to homeschool, and we were just learning the language and the culture, and um, just feeling really isolated. And I got to the point where I just was um, exhausted. My kids were mostly extroverts, and um, they were grumpy. I don't know if you guys know what happens to an extrovert when they don't get to be around people. <laughs> they get a little grumpy. So uh, I told Ryan, I said, we have to do something different. I don't know if we're just going to move on or if there's an alternative, but we've got to do something. And I said, what do you think about starting a school? And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, no, let's not do that. <laughs> Like, I see the water exploding out of a glass. Like, 
Um, I just, I really am. And I married a realist, which was a really good balance for me because in college I would get into these uh, get rich quick schemes and I needed like the voice of reason to be like, um, not everything works out 100% like that, you know? Um, but I've also, you know, she, she's actually grown in that, on that side as well. Um, so I don't typically get excited about reading the book of Job. How many of you guys love the book of Job? It's not my favorite. Okay, all right. I was I was reading the book of Job, and we were we were kind of searching for what are we gonna what are we gonna, gonna be the theme of our uh, theme song of our school? And I found this beautiful beautiful nugget in Job that says this is Job eleven seventeen and eighteen. Light will be brighter than noonday, and darkness will become like morning. You will be secure because there is hope. Think about that. Think about all the things that in life that people right now are especially putting their putting their uh, security in, right? Uh, they're just so afraid, so they're doing this, and they're running to this, and they're running to that. But you will be secure because there is hope. Where does hope come from? It comes from the God of hope. So you will be secure because you serve a God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And then the last part says, you will look about you. Fires may be raging. You, you will look about you and take your rest in safety. One of the best manifestations that we can uh, provide the world of heaven is rest. When we are when we are forgiven and healed and reconciled to God, we are in a season of rest. And we live our lives in rest, knowing that we are clean, we are righteous, there's no punishment coming our way, and we can reflect that to the world, and it's a part of the peace of God uh, that, that will attract many people to the kingdom. So, uh, are you guys ready, kids? Am I talking too much? Yeah, talking too much. This is Job 11, 17 and 18. Okay, get your best morning sounds. Even, oh, hi, I'm trying to wake up. That one, that one works too. Here we go.
can be 79. <laughs> couple more, couple more. Okay, uh, this one you're going to have a hard time singing down on. Um, our friends that produced this album, Mike Proctor from Olala Bay in the Puget Sound, he was actually he was actually in a real bluegrass band. He played in a real bluegrass band. And so when he recorded this, we said, um, we can learn some of these other three chord songs, but this one is a little bit out of our pay scale to, to, to play live. Um, he's playing some serious banjos, and we're like, we're not there yet. So we actually sing this one to the soundtrack, and the kids, I need you guys to move your feet and dance on this one, and the adults as well. So you're gonna, some of you gonna need help to stand up on this, and we don't want to pull any muscles, okay? So yeah.
you have a seat. Puraha is the word in Swahili for joy. And we believe that there is joy in the house today, amen? Um, I wanted to take you a little deeper into Swahili right now. Um, and uh, you, can, you guys can dance on this one as well. This would be a, this would be a typical song you would hear in a village church in Tanzania. This is what we would be doing right now here in Tanzania. So um, this is one of my favorite Swahili uh, praise songs. It's called uh, Jesus is Mine, Life Everlasting. And so I want to teach you guys a Swahili word so you can, you can be part of the choir. How many of you want to be in the choir? Who wants to be in the Swahili choir? Yes? Any kids? Any adults? Okay. You have a simple part. When I say wauzima, you're going to say wamilele. Let's practice. Ready? Wazima. All right. I'm saying life, and you're saying everlasting. Okay? So the first part says that Jesus is mine, life everlasting. And this is kind of my, this is my life song because Jesus is everything to me. So here we go. And you have to move your feet because when you have a drum hitting in Africa, you move your feet. Here we go.
uh, worship songs in different languages. Um, it kind of inspires and invokes this intercession usually that comes on you. And also I, I, uh, I just start interceding for that, that nation or that people group. So for some of you, that's what will, will happen. But for others, I'd want you to kind of just picture before the throne all the nations, all the tribes and tongues, and um, let that just take your worship to the next level in this season where we need to focus on Jesus and Jesus alone, amen? So let's just, let's just uh, sing this as a declaration. And also, um, this is our life. This is our life song. And you're so, so good, amen? I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness. Good. 
Like we're supposed to sing the Lord's Prayer, but we're going to do it in Swahili, so you get to sing the hallelujah part. <laughs>
seek to represent the young queen in a very, very powerful way. She's a shining man. We can have a seat. I'll uh, share a few more things. I think we have time. Hey, hey, kids, we got one more song, okay? If you can hang, you can hang with my words. I'm going to talk a little bit, all right? I want to talk about what we're doing um, in Tanzania. We have a school. Isn't it amazing how Jehovah Shanti just uh, comes up and just brings something that you didn't realize? You know, this school that my wife is talking about has become an amazing blessing to our community. Um, we uh, just opened uh, for a new school here last week. 136 students. We started with 25. And very little money and very little time. And we have seen breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. Um, and some of these kids from these crazy, crazy home situations, whether it's their, their religious upbringing or just life in a kind of a wild uh, setting, um, they're just, they're just getting it. They're just getting it. And they're carrying it with them. And it's so powerful. Um, so many stories of, of what God's doing in that. But my passion, um, alongside of starting a school, which is like probably enough, you know, for two lifetimes for some people, it's a lot of work. If those of you that are on staff here, you realize it is a lot of work. Um, and we've, we've been so blessed over the years to have faithful people come and serve. Um, if you're interested and you want to break some America, come on over. Um, we won't take your pastor. I know he's been extensively poor. We won't, we won't take him over. You guys need him here. But uh, we, um, we do have uh, volunteers that come and, and serve. And, and if you're interested in that or you know someone that is no longer teaching but needs to be teaching, a good, solid Christian in our setting, please um, please uh, bring them our way. But what I get to do, I tell people I have the best job in the world, besides being an amazing, uh, and part of an amazing family and getting to plant these guys. Um, I get to serve the church leaders of Tanzania. And um, normally when you talk about developing nations and, we, and missionaries talk about places around the world, they show slides of poor children, and they tell about, you know, the devastation, and you guys need to, you know, give all your money, and you need to just, you know, save, rescue all these orphans, right? There's, there's a lot and a lot of reality to that. Um, but we, we come from a different perspective and a different, uh, I guess, a different way to deal with the problem. So um, maybe not in America can you quite grasp. I know a lot of Christians, we understand, we understand spiritually the anointing of the shepherd, of the leader of the church, right? Um, but we don't understand that, how it works in our society. In, in Africa, in many countries, I'm not going to speak for all of Africa because I'm only part of a very small part of it. In Tanzania, church leaders, these are, in, you know, in small villages, they basically become like the chief of the village, like spiritually. And so they give counsel on pretty much almost everything that happens in the village. And so if you, if you want to bless the people of the village or the or people who are suffering or people who are not getting justice and they're not being treated right, you actually inspire and you, you equip and you give courage and you bring resources to the leader, the leader of that village. Um, we realize as foreigners in, a, in a, a different nation, our role is not to be the hero and the rescuer, right? America, Americans, we are wired to be heroes. And that's something that I love as, as, as uh, being an American. But when we serve cross-culturally, it is our job to empower local people, and it is our job to come behind them like Aaron and Hur. And so I get to stand up behind Aaron and Hur, like Aaron and Hur, and raise up the arms like these church leaders like Moses, 
and watch them literally deliver their people. And um, I have testimony after testimony of how this actually works. But if you want to have deep impact on a nation, you actually have to inspire leaders. And you've got to raise up godly leaders, right? You can go save people that are starving, and that is God's heart. I get it. But long term, you need, we need solutions that come from the leadership. And, you, and we're experiencing some of that in America. I don't want to get into politics, but the reality is the people that are making the laws and calling the shots will impact the rest of the society. And so our, our, our role in Tanzania is to, is to um, raise up godly leaders, a new, a new generation and a current generation, um, and inspire them to lead the way that God wants them to lead and not the way that will bring personal gain to them. So um, I just share that with you because I know a lot of, when, when, we, when we come and minister in churches, a lot of people say, oh, I, yeah, we, we visited an orphanage and that's great and all this stuff. And uh, we have the privilege of having adopted two Tanzanians. And um, I, I just want to say this. I don't want to get too in your face or controversial. But in America, we stopped orphanages years ago. Does anybody know that? Because they don't work. Children need a mother and a father. They need a family. And so our job is to actually get kids into families. And we have a young man that worked with our organization for many years who is now serving a huge organization that is trying to preserve families. If the, if the, the parents or the uncle or aunt are too poor or needs to care for the child, don't take the child and put them in an orphanage. Care for the, care for the parent, care for the aunt or the uncle. If it's, if it's a matter of schooling, provide scholarships so the kids can go to school. Um, we have some very amazing um, nonprofits that do that type of work. But the goal is to keep uh, families together, to keep children in their families. And so, um, and that's something that we have not, not only preached over the years, but we have actually taken it into our home and we practice what we preach. Amen? So everyone needs to adopt. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not, I'm not kidding, but you need to adopt. Everyone take one child that's coming across the border from Mexico, put them in your home, and you'll disciple a nation. There you go. Okay. Um, but I want to just share a little bit about uh, what we do in our ministry. So um, it started as, um, as you can hear, my wife and I, we've been going around the churches, and we, we're very sensitive, and we're focused on encouraging the leaders of the churches in America. There's churches across this beautiful nation that are suffering. They're split politically. They're just beat up and beat down, and they want to just give up. And so that's been kind of our role is just to come in and just, okay, what's your vision? How can we support it? Or let's just, let's just go get some coffee, and let's just speak some life back into you. And, and it's been amazing to play that role here. Um, but So we started that, our uh, ministry to church leaders, as just a time to gather leaders. Um, if, you've, if you've ever been a leader or something, it can be very lonely because you're out front leading, but you need someone that you can kind of unstring your bow and, and just be real and say, hey, I'm struggling with this, right? And so we've developed a fellowship called Ezekiel's River. And um, Ezekiel, how many of you have heard the story of Ezekiel's River in the book of Ezekiel? The water flows through the temple, and the farther out it gets into the society, into uh, where it's going, the water gets deeper and more powerful, and there's more healing for the nations. So our goal is to raise up church leaders that will go out and bring the kingdom wherever they go. So we have Ezekiel's River. We meet on Saturdays, uh, every other Saturday, and it started with a, 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 a group of pastors that knew each other and they were friends, and we started inviting more and more pastors from different denominations, and, um, and they, we started realizing these, these people, they don't really like each other. <laughs> They're in competition with one another, but God did a great work and he did a great healing in the hearts, and now we have a fellowship.
always say this in our local city, Moshe Tanzania, we have about anywhere from 30 to 50 that gather, all denominations, men and women leaders of churches, um, different of the fivefold, you know, pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and we gather just for this, just, just to sit together, to have a, a chai together, and to, um, I'll bring a simple encouragement, and they just fellowship and pray for one another. Um, they're, they're now, like, assisting each other in churches. It's powerful what God is doing. But in the process of, of starting that fellowship, God also was revealing their need for good training. Um, in villages, um, remote villages, uh, many times the pastor is just like the first guy that gets saved. He becomes a pastor. Or the first woman to get saved. He's the pastor of the village, okay? No Bible school. No, you know, a bookshelf full of, like, resources. It's like, you know how to read? Okay, you read the Bible, you teach us. And that's literally how it happens. So as you can imagine, in a setting like that, where they're coming out of a very either animistic, ancestral worship kind of uh, background or a Muslim background, there's just some, there gets some funky theology in there, okay? So we saw that there's this great need. And beyond the theology, uh, my heart is to bring a holistic training uh, my bachelor's degree was in sports science. I did athletic training. Um, and I actually was heading down that road as a career, and then I found my beautiful bride, and we got married, and I realized this career is going to cost my marriage. And I said, I would rather have a good marriage, so I, I let that go. But I still have a passion for health and nutrition. And, and so when I go in and train pastors, um, some of my craziest, coolest testimonies come from just uh, people in villages drinking enough water getting enough rest, eating the right kinds of food, and they, they say, yeah, we, we, we started drinking enough water, like you said, you know, getting good, clean water and drinking enough, and our stomach, my stomach problem of 30 years is gone. You know, I had, I had a group of pastors, hang on, I gotta show you how to do it. Imagine, these are very well-dressed pastors in, in dresses and long, you know, ties with their suit jacket, I had him down on the ground in this um, dirt floor church. I was teaching him planks. Right like this, right? And we're singing Swahili songs as we're holding a plank. And this one pastor, he goes home and he teaches his wife a plank. Uh, mind you, these women work hard. They carry babies on their back all day. They, they carry stuff on their head to go sell in town. It is hard life. And her back. He had a back pain for literally 20 years, you know, birthing, having children, all this work. Uh, he went home and taught his wife a simple plank, right? She started doing it every day in the morning and, and evening. And after two weeks, she came back and said, my wife's back has no pain. I don't know, I don't know what, what you're doing, but this is amazing. And so, yeah, it's amazing. And I feel like God gives us that wisdom, and he has called us to steward our bodies. And I'll, I'm going to start preaching, so I'll just, just leave it there. But the point is this. The point is this. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to be stewards of even this body. I always tell them, it's like, what good will you be to your village, to your people, if you can't get out of bed and preach, if you're not taking care of yourself? If you're sick on a bed, how will you be any good to anyone? I tell my kids, I have 120-year vision. I want to be alive for 120 years to destroy the works of the devil and to bring the kingdom into this world. Wherever I go, I want Jesus to be famous. And so they're drinking their water because they want to beat me. They want to go higher than me. So, um, so we do this training, um, and it has even intensified. Last year, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, and then we're going to sing one more song. Um, last year, 
There was an announcement made from the government. There was a mandate that by the year 2024, 2024, 2025, one of those two years, um, pastors, church leaders have to have a formal certificate or they will come and close your church down. And this is, this is a, in some, because I'm positive, I'm optimistic, I can see the benefit of wanting to have qualified people, right? For you, for those of you that can see that side of it. But then the other ugly side of this is comes from the Muslim side of government that wants to shut down churches. We have about a third Christian, a third Muslim, and a third animistic in our in our nation. So we kind of have a, a balance. So we have pastors coming like crazy, and 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 no longer are we just bringing them into motion. We are going out to villages and doing this training, and we are in the process of registering our religious society so that we will be recognized by the government for the certificate. We already are giving them certificates because they love certificates. But this will be a recognized um, you know, Bible school. They will receive the certificate. We have one-year program and a two-year program. And so we've been going out to these villages. I had the opportunity to go in January to uh, the northwest corner of Tanzania. Um, travel in Tanzania is not easy. Um, it's bad road, very slow. Um, with traffic police that want to catch you for doing something wrong, they want to bribe, you know, and, you know, so it's, it's just kind of rough. So um, I was able to travel back in January to this um, region called Bukoba, and in Bukoba, the, uh, the, the leader of uh, one of the Pentecostal churches has a vision to plant 200 churches in the next two years. So I show up in this very, very remote place, and um, we walk into the church, and there's, there's 40 young men and women. Um, this was the first time this has ever happened because in Tanzania, um, the older you are, the more respected you are. So most church leaders are old. They're babu or bibi, grandmothers, grandfathers. But here in this uh, church were 40 young men and women that this, this bishop, he had the foresight to raise up the younger generation. So we did a one-week training for these 40 young men and women who will go out and plant 40 of these 200 churches. And so um, God is moving and at an, a very accelerated pace. I could tell you story after story of um, people getting visions of Jesus as they're going into their mosque to pray. Jesus just comes right before them. Um, it is happening radically, and it's, and it's amazing. And so this is happening all over, but we need to have trained leaders that can, that can shepherd these people. And so we are going out to different regions. We need your prayer um, for strategy. Um, um, I, I, I have young men that I'm raising up so that we can kind of multiply where we go. But just please pray. Um, if you want to be a part of what we're doing, you can, we have ways that you can, you can uh, sow into this as well. Um, but we are excited. I'm taking, I'm taking God's word seriously as disciple nations, and that's what we're doing. We are training the church leaders to disciple their people for the glory of God. Amen? So um, I share that. I have the greatest job in the world. I get to serve these people. And if you could come and see them and see their hunger and their value to learn, you would be like, oh, I understand what you're talking about. Um, but anyways, thank you guys so much for letting us come. I think we have a few more minutes. We're going to share a quick song. Um, we have some stuff in the back if you guys are interested in um, some leather products, some jewelry that, are, that come from Africa. Please grab a prayer card. More than anything, we need people praying. And we need people praying good prayers, faith-filled prayers. Amen? So we want to sing one more song for you guys. And it's, um, it's a little upbeat, so I, I hope uh, it's okay. We can kind of inject you some, some energy at the end here. Um, 
That's my spiritual gift. Energy is my spiritual gift. It's not written in the Bible, but energy is my spiritual gift. Just don't give me coffee or you're in trouble. So, here's the deal. We've been singing the word of God this morning, and, and Psalm 119.11 kind of summarizes why we sing the word of God. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's so many things that we, like, I don't know, subconsciously or just kind of do throughout our day, you know, whether we get into fear or doubt, that actually violates the word of God. Jesus says, don't worry. So when we do that, we are actually violating God's word. And so um, we need to get the word in our heart, and we need to be possessed by the spirit of the word so that we can um, just accomplish everything that God has for us today. So um, I just sense, uh, and if it's okay, um, you know, Pastor Doug uh, and Sandy, pastors, right? Um, we are pastors. Um, I just, um, instead of, you know, give individual prophetic words, I just wanted to share a word that I'm seeing for your congregation right now. And um, uh, we, we like to prophesy and do that. And if my kids, do they have a word for saying we can do that uh, in a short little time? But I just really feel like there is a, um, there is this, I see it more of like a fruit uh, medley, like this fruit basket, you know, where, um, you know, like normally salads are cut up with vegetables, but this is fruit, and it's different fruit. And I believe there are lots of different uh, varieties of fruit in this room, meaning different personalities, different giftings. And some of you don't even know the power you possess. Some of you don't even know that simple little thing, that simple little juggling act or whatever you do could be used so powerfully and profoundly for the kingdom of God. And so I just want you guys to know that God, in this next season, wants to put this church, this body, on display as a beautiful medley of um, just created glory and goodness and beauty. And so whatever it is that you do, or you don't know that you do, <laughs> you need the courage to do it, I want to just infuse courage into you right now. I want to speak that over your life in Jesus' name. In fact, just put your hand on your heart. Father, I thank you for courage right now. I thank you for courage like, like Raina has to get up and play a trombone when she's just learning. I, I just thank you for that childlikeness and that ability to trust you and to step out and to shine and to be beautiful in a dark world, in places where people are discouraged and hopeless, I thank you that your people are being infused right now with your spirit, with your goodness, with your joy, with your hope, and with the strategies and the plans to reach the people in this beautiful, beautiful area called Grants Pass and beyond, God. Why not just this whole state, Lord? Why not just this whole state would just come and bow their knee before you? Jesus, you are Lord, and we invite you here, and we just celebrate what you're doing in this church. We just thank you for this house and that this house is going to grow, not only in numbers, but in influence. I just see some of you are called to go outside the, the, the boundaries and the borders of this area and reach into other areas as evangelists, but not preaching in a crusade, but evangelists with your life, that your life would reflect Jesus. And so thank you for Jesus just coming right now and filling every heart with joy and hope in a powerful way. So, Lord, as we sing this song, I pray our feet would just dance and there would just be a release of joy and freedom in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you got to stand up. Sorry, you got to stand up. It's a mandate. You must stand for the song. Hallelujah.